You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. This morning, we start a new series, and as you saw from the intro video, we're calling it One Another. And if you haven't noticed yet, the the handful of series that we've done up to this point, uh, as we've kind of launched weekly services back in March, we've been talking a lot about the culture that we want to build. Right, We want to be a culture that, that goes out to seek and save the lost. We want to have the heart of Jesus for those around us and allow them to come and experience what we've experienced. We went through a serious pursuit and we talked about the story of the prodigal son. And we looked at the, the story from, from each aspect and kind of where we fit in the story, but also how, we, how do we bring others into that story. We talked about the prodigal son. Those that have wandered away from God and how they, how they came back to God and how we love and how we have the heart of the Father in that love. We dug into the, the older brother and the religious and we looked at uh, the next week after that we talked about the Father. And the heart that we're to have for those that are around us and those that we're pursuing. We pursue as the Father pursued. And then we went into Easter. We talked about the gospel, the story of Jesus. That he came to this this world. He lived a perfect life. Then he went to the cross, taking your sins on himself to be that sacrifice. And his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sin to restore relationship. And then Easter, right? We conquered, he conquered death. So we could do the same. And then we move into this series. One another. What is community within the church really supposed to look like? That's kind of the overarching idea. And though we don't have the ability to go through all the different one another commands we find throughout scripture, there's a lot of them. We are going to pick a, 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 a few of them and kind of do a deep dive of what we think are the, not necessarily the most important, but the most important, at least for us in this season as Hill City. See, this idea of one another comes up a hundred times throughout the New Testament. Out of those hundred times, 59 times, they're commandments given to us, either by Jesus or the early church leaders. These one another commands sound sound something like this. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourself. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Speak truth in love to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Submit to each other to, to one another. Consider others better than yourselves. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Stir, stir up, provoke, stimulate one another to love and good works. Show hospitality to one another. Employ the gifts of God that have been given to each of us to benefit one another. Clothe yourself with humility 
towards one another, pray for one another, and confess our faults to one another. These one another commands, these are how we build genuine community as Jesus has commanded us to. As we live out these different aspects of one another, this is how we, we bring a community that's attractive, that's exciting. That people want to be a part of. But also in the midst of this, this is how we find support and encouragement and help. So we live in this type of community. One of the primary activities of the church should be one anothering one another. There should be nobody better at it than us. We should be the best at one anothering one another. But let's, let's dive a little deeper and let's look at our specific one another command today that we're going to dive into. 16 times, 16 times this command is given. Love one another. Jesus said it this way in, in John 13. I'm starting at verse 34. The, the verses will be on your screen. As Jesus was preparing to head to the cross, and he was giving his last words with his disciples, and he was washing their feet, he said this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. When our God is leading us and our community is around us, nothing can stop us. As a community, we get to walk through this life together. As a community, we get to walk through this life together and love one another. And in the midst of that love, others are going to be attracted to what we have because they want to be in this type of community. They want to be supported, cared about, loved. But it's greater than even that. Scripture tells us that, that, a love can, that love covers a multitude of sins. Meaning it's in the midst of that love that we find this greatest power. Not just to attract others in, but to see in the midst of us, in the midst of our community, a growth. Where we can be more like Jesus a year from now than we are today. But for us to have this type of community, for us to have this type of supportive community, for us to have this type of community that, that bears one another burden, burdens, that, that supports one another, that loves one another. And this brings us to our first point. If you're taking notes, write this down. Loving one another begins with me. Loving one another begins with me. Me. 
Sure, it begins with me, yes, but it also begins with you. Read the statement as if you wrote it. Loving one another begins with you. We don't get to have this type of community if individually we don't choose to be this type of community. This isn't the type of thing that you get to be like, well, someone else will take care of it. Someone else will do it. No, we don't get to this place unless all of us choose to be this type of community. We don't get to be a loving community if not all of us are choosing to love. It begins with you. It begins with you choosing, and it's a choice. It's you choosing to love, to sacrifice, to choose humility, to submit to one another. This is what it takes. It takes us, each of us, to say, yes, I'll do it. The power that would be inside of this community would be unstoppable. There's nothing we wouldn't be able to come up against. Because God is leading us and the community is around us, nothing can stop us. But what does it really look like? Right? Like if we're to love one another, what does it really actually look like? Like we can talk about this idea of love, right? And in all reality, we could probably ask the room and come up with five, six, seven different definitions of love. But practically, what does it look like? If I'm going to love one another, what am I going to do? Well, thankfully, Paul tells us. And maybe you've heard these verses, and this is kind of the, the, the chunk of, of Scripture we're going to work through today, but maybe you've heard these verses before at a wedding, a Christian wedding. Or we call these the love verses. But I firmly believe that these aren't just for love. These are how we are to be as the church. The chapter before it is on church leadership and structures and, and how do we be the community God's called us to be. And, and after, uh, in the next set of verses, or in the next chapter in verse, uh, first, first Corinthians 14, it, it's digging into really how we serve and how we use the gifts that God has, has given us. But right here, stuck in the middle, oftentimes, well, this is just, this is just for marriage relationships. No. This is how we love. God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. We are to love. There should be nobody on this planet that loves better than us, Christians, the church. 1 Corinthians 13, starting with verse 1. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I do not love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that, I, that can move mountains but I do not love, I am nothing. If I, give all the possession, if I give all my possessions to the poor, and I give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but I do not love, I gain nothing. 
You see, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy and it does not boast. It's not proud and it, not, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered and it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Would you watch this video? Well, there it is. How do we love? How do we love one another well? It's, it's right here. Let's break it down just a little bit more. Love is, is patient. Right? Patience is an act of humility. It's saying, I get it. <laughs> You're on my last nerve. You're not figuring this out fast enough. You're not, right? But it's in the midst of those moments that I just say, Josh, take a breath. It's going to be okay. It's not that big of a deal. The relationship matters more than the task or the activity. Chill out. Love's patient. And it's patient with people. Like it's impatient in people's growth. And as they walk with Jesus, oftentimes we, we look at people and we get frustrated and angry because they're just not growing fast enough. They're not figuring it out fast enough. They're too slow to keep up with everybody else. Now we show patience in those moments. We choose to, to come down to their level. We choose to walk at their pace. Love is kind. Kindness, I think, oftentimes is, is misconstrued by our society. Kindness oftentimes just means, like, say nice things. Whether they're true or not, say nice things. It's so disingenuous and not helpful. Let me give you an example. Uh, say someone, one of your friends, we'll name her Sarah. And Sarah, you know, comes up with the best gluten-free cake recipe she possibly has ever tasted. And she is, she is, man, she is, she's talking this up. She brings in the office and she's like, this is, this is absolutely incredible. I am so excited to have everybody try it. And she starts cutting up pieces and handing them out. And you go and take a bite and put it in your mouth and you're, mmm, that's just a cardboard. But you put on the, the smile and you put on the look on your face that, that it tastes so good. And you're like, man, Sarah, you really did knock this out of the park. You know how to cook this thing. This is the best I've ever tasted. And then Sarah goes off to the next group and, and the next group of people say the same thing. And then Sarah happens to be on Facebook one day and she sees that there is a contest for gluten-free cake. And the winner gets $1,000. The only catch is you have to go into the stadium with 10,000 people and, 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 and introduce or present your cake to the judges. It's like a game show. And you, Sarah thinks she's got this in the back. Remember, you told her it was great. And Sarah's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this. She takes this cake and 
She takes it out on the stage in front of the judges and she cuts the judges pieces and lays them on the table. The judges start to bite, uh, bite, it, bite the cake or start to eat the cake and she steps back and is just ready and waiting for this glory to be told how amazing her cake is. She looks at the first judge and he's got a funny look on his face but just kind of covers his mouth and doesn't say anything. She looks at the next judge and she goes, no, 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 no. She looks at a third judge, and he just spits it right out. He's I'm not eating that. That may be the worst cake that I've ever eaten in my entire life. And here Sarah, in front of all these people, is completely crushed. Because you weren't willing to be kind and tell her the truth. Now, I'm not saying don't say that, don't, you know, don't share truth in, in an obnoxious and a hurtful way. Don't put her down or, or tell her she's bad in that way, but, but tell her the truth. Hey, it's not the best thing I've ever eaten, but I, I bet you worked hard at it. People need to hear truth. That's kindness. They need to be told where they're great, and they need to be told where, where things aren't lining up when they're asked. When they ask for it, don't just go around giving it out. That's not kind either. Right? Critiques, you know, just thrown to the audiences is not helpful. But if they're asking for feedback, provide truthful, honest feedback in the nicest and caring way, the most caring way you possibly can. That's what kindness looks like. Right? For to love one another, we have to be patient with people, we have to be kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. Love is not about you. It's about them. It's not how you can be loved, it's how you can love, right? You know, sure, I can control to some very little extent, at least sharing how I feel loved with people, but I can't control how they love me. What I can control is how I love them. And it's not about me. So it's not about this envy of, of what they have and I don't. There's nothing more, more devastating to a relationship than envy showing up. It's going to wreak havoc. But envy shows up when it's about me. I didn't get what I deserved and you got it. Right? It does not boast. It's not proud. Right inside a relationship, maybe you've met these kind of people. You sit down for beers and coffee and they just tell you how awesome they are and all the cool things that they've done over the last three weeks. You're like, that's cool, but I don't think I said anything about myself that entire meeting. That, that, the, that entire time we were together, they never asked me a question about me. Now, don't take that approach in relationship, right? Don't be the victim. Woe is me. Just start sharing things. But you know those people and you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person that's always about you. Let me tell you all about my life, and I really don't care about yours. That's not, the, that's not how we love one another. That's not what love was supposed to be. It's not about me. It does not dishonor others. It does not dishonor others to their face, and it does not dishonor others behind their back. It's not self-seeking. 
don't love to get something out of it. Give love sacrificially. It's not easily angered. Maybe you relate to this one. I I definitely do. Anger is the emotion that I can identify the quickest. I get anger. I assume most men in the room probably understand anger uh, a lot quicker than, than the other emotions. We're not that emotional of beings. But oftentimes, my anger comes out of a place when it doesn't go the way I want it. My anger comes out of a place when, when it doesn't meet my expectations. My anger comes out of a place when my pride has taken over. Or, my anger comes from a place when my insecurities have taken over. When my insecurities start to rear their head, I just start to get angry at the situation and angry at you to protect myself. I start to get mean to protect myself. That's not loving one another well. That's not the example of love that we get here from Paul. Love keeps no records of wrongs. There's nothing that's more devastating to your growth as a follower of Jesus, as an employee, as a boss, than to keep track of all the ways people have wronged you. It's not helpful. (laughs) And you carry those into new relationships and just cause destruction in those places as well. Take a, take a page out of God's book. When you, when you forgive, forgive. Throw it as far as the east is from the west. Forget it from your memory. What if they hurt me again, Josh? They probably will. They're human beings. Just like you're going to hurt people as well. You're a human being. You're sinful at your core. It's going to happen. But you would appreciate, right, if they didn't keep records of all your wrongs. Love keeps no records of wrongs. There's that moment in a fight, right? You're arguing with somebody and that thing comes up. That's the enemy saying, I want to destroy this relationship. Toss that bomb into this conversation. Fight that urge. Fight that feeling. Let love cover a multitude of sin. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Don't, like love doesn't let people sit in the sin of their life. Love says something. With great care, with great compassion, but love says something. Verse 7, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Do you always protect? Do you always choose trust 
Or do you walk into all your relationships with a level of distrust? Do you always choose to hope that the better is coming? That this isn't the best we've experienced yet? Do you keep coming back to relationship? Do you always persevere? Right, as, as we look at this list, and I'll read them again for you really quick, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always, pers- always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So here comes the question. Is, <clears throat> if, if loving one another starts with me, <coughs> sorry, if loving one another starts with me, and this is the definition of how we are to love, my guess is there's going to be parts of this that jump out to you. You're like, mm, anger, that's mine. Mm, boasting, that's mine. Mm, I don't show kindness, that's mine. Mm, I don't always trust, that's mine. I definitely keep records of wrongs. Right, the question, if that's where you're sitting and, and those are the things that are hitting you, and I would argue, if some of those are, are sticking out to you today, that's God. It's God's prompting. That's the Spirit moving in you. But here comes the question. And this is the question that you should be asking God this week. You should be finding time to get away from the busyness of life and say, God, why do I fill in the blank? God, why do I choose not fill in the blank? But if, if we're going to be the community that God has called us to be, we're going to be a community that's known by the way that we love one another. That when people seize our, our, seize our community up close or even at a distance, they go, man, they have something I want. Because we love God well, and we love our community well. You've got to do the work to figure out why you're not able to love in that specific area. You've got to jump up. You've got to step up to the plate. We don't get to this community as a larger community if you don't choose to play your part. And you have a part to play. There's things that you're going to offer in in the midst of love to our community that we're not going to experience unless you give it. There's going to be toxic parts of our community if if you personally don't choose to love the way that God described to us to love. If you don't choose trust, we're not going to have a trustful community. There's going to be that little nugget. And I know this is weighty. I know this is a lot for each of us to carry, but this is what, excuse me, God has asked us to carry. This is who he's called us to be. Now, if you're not a part of of this Christian community, meaning you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you haven't recognized that he is God, that he lived the perfect life, that he died the sinner's death, so you could experience forgiveness and hope. That's where it starts. To be a part of this community, that's where it starts. Though you can keep hanging around us and and being a part of us to some extent, you're not going to get that full extent of what we're talking about today until you choose to follow 
Jesus. Here in just a few moments, we're going to dismiss the room to communion. And I would highly encourage you, if that's where you're at, to go talk to Noah next to the banner in the lobby. He would love to answer any questions that you may have. He would love to pray with you and to pray for you. Let me pray for all of us. Father God, we want to be a community that loves one another well. We want to be a community that's marked by how we, well we love. So God, God, convict and encourage our hearts in the places that you need to speak to, in the areas that we choose not to love well. God, give us the deep why so we can deal with and overcome those things. God, give us the steps to lead us through that. And God, we thank you that you love us so much, that you took us where we're at, that you love us too much to let us stay there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.